Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. beloved welcome to another chapter of the book of sean it is absolutely good to see you thank you for tuning in get comfortable i got a good show for you this is going to be a great ride we've been having guests who have been amazing with amazing moments and stories and twists and turns and ins and out i've been bringing them back so that i can check in to see what's going on because after what three and a half years we've been working with a lot of people helping a lot of people talking to a lot of people and every now and then you got to go back and see how people are doing. This is good wisdom. Don't let people tell you that they care about you and don't check in on you. <laughs> well, tonight we care about our guests because we checked in. She's back. The one and only Brandy J. Hey, Brandy. Hi, how are you? I am well. We remember your brilliant smile and uh, we remember your wonderful personality. Thank you for coming back. Well, thank you for having me. I was just so excited when you guys reached out. Listen, we're only, and I'm, I, we mean that we're only bringing back our favorite people. So if you ain't, if you didn't come back, well, I shouldn't say that because a lot, and not everybody can come back. So, you know, but anyway, um, it's good to have you here. And there's some ground that I want to cover with you. So let's start this way. Remind everybody about some of your story and some of the things that you had to deal with um, that made your being here necessary the first time, especially with, with respect to being bullied. Well, um, you know, growing up having an eating disorder, going through physical, mental, and sexual abuse by former partners, just, and you know, really just going through a lot in my family um, as a child up until my adulthood with my weight was really a battle for me. And just things, a lot of things I had to overcome to get to where I'm at, um, which really put me in the forefront of being an advocate for, you know, self, self-love, self-body acceptance, and just allowing people to be who they are. Mm, yes, and, and you covered that um, in a short amount of time, but I know that the journey you just described is far more arduous, difficult, and with more narration. Let me ask you this. A lot of people think, and I want to focus on the bullying for a second. A lot of people think that being bullied or being made to feel bad about yourself is a childhood experience. Tell everybody why that's not the case, why it's significant long beyond childhood. It is because for me, you know, getting bullied as a child is one thing, but when you're bullied as a teenager or even in your adulthood, where someone's constantly just always having negative things to say about you or just always just trying to bring you down, it really can affect your mental. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, in my first marriage, he was, just, it was, he was a bully and, you know, just really bullied me in a lot of ways. And when you're in it, you don't realize it what it is. But once I got out of it, I realized, okay, this is something that, you know, you can be bullied as an adult and not see the signs and not realize it because of who it's coming from. But you really have to just say, you know, this is, I don't deserve this type of treatment and I deserve better. And I'm going to go out there and get better no matter how hard it is, because yeah. it's not easy. And I told people, you know, I had to rebuild my life, not once, but twice, um, being divorced twice and becoming a going from, you know, married to single motherhood and then being married again and going back to being a single mother. It's, it's a lot of transitioning that I had to do, but I realized that my mental health and my self-worth was more important. Yes. Yes. Before, before we move on, let's drill down on what you just said, because there are a lot of people who can't imagine being divorced twice. And here you are tonight 
and you can give us an insight that most people will never have. What does it feel like to have gone through that twice? Um, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm just gonna be blunt, hella good. <laughs> I love me, that answer. Not, you know, it's not for everyone, but one thing my grandmother says, she was like, you know, people, partners are like buses. You know, one comes every 15 minutes, so if it don't work with this one, another one's waiting for you to be, you know, free. And I've always just had that saying in my head, you know, and, you know, growing up and hearing my grandmother and mother say that. So for me, you know, it was hard for me in my first marriage because my mother wanted me to stay in it because I was so young. Mm. And she was like, you know, you're, you know, you know, you're, I was in my twenties at the time and you, you know, you don't want to be a single mother. You don't want to do this. And I said, you know, do you want to get the phone call that I'm dead or mm. that I, that I did something to him because of him being physically abusive to me and your granddaughter. So which more, what's, what's more important to you? And, um, in my second marriage, it was more of a financial um, I always say financial, it was a financial abusive relationship and me realizing my sexuality as well. So for me, I'm a firm believer. I don't believe in staying in any relationship or any situation just for the kids mm. or, you know, people in marriages, oh, for the kids, but kids can see you be unhappy. Kids can see that you're not who you are. And it was my son at the time. He's 12 now. But I believe he was six or seven and he was like, mommy, I want you to leave daddy because he doesn't treat you good and you're not happy. And, I, you know, my son can see that. So why would I continue to stay in that relationship and for, for my son to think this is how you treat a woman and or for my daughter to think this is how you, you know, this is what you should do, stay in a relationship. So I've always been a firm believer and I come from a family of strong women, you know. My mom's mom was married six times. My grandmother my, on my dad's side was married a couple times. And she just said, I ain't going to get remarried. I'm done. So I come from a family of strong women who don't stay in situations just because. Mm. Would you talk a little more? I remember the last time you were here, our whole conversation changed when we got to this issue, this moment, this, this blessing, as I understand it to be. Like, your whole spirit changed, your whole, everything about you changed when you started talking about your sexual liberation and, and, and that emergence. Yeah. Would you talk more about that, like, like how you came to embrace who you are? <laughs> I was, I'm 43, so I was 39 when I finally just said the hell with it. But my best friend of 30 plus years, Delilah, she always knew because I would make sudden comments about being attracted to women and really not doing anything about it. And I was married at the time, but it was uh, one, when I went to New York, I, she lives in New York. It was probably, it was before the pandemic, probably in 2016, 2017. And I kept making these comments about Young May, the rapper, mm. like constantly just saying like, oh my God, like that's my type if I was a lesbian or things like that and blah, 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 blah. And my, she just finally looked at me and she was like, bestie, like, stop. You've been saying these comments since we were 13. So what are you going to do? And she really made me just look at myself and just be like, okay, I can't live like this anymore. So I, you know, came out at 39. I really didn't, you know, I didn't make no Facebook posts, no posts about it. It's no one's business. I just started dating women. Um, and I remember I hid it for a while. I told my daughter because my daughter came out to me when she was 13 and she was the first person who I told. And she was like, mom, I knew like I, I knew. And then I told my mother, I remember going in her bedroom and I was like, mom, I'm dating someone. And she was like, oh, OK, what's his name? And I said, well, it's a, what's her name? You mean? And she spit out her coffee <laughs> and she was she wasn't expecting it. And she was like, and I got quiet and I was like, okay, what's her next response? And she was like, okay, didn't see that coming, but you know, how is she treating you? And for me, it was my son. That was who I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because he's only seen me with his dad. And then when I left his father and, you know, before I came out, I, I did date, continue to date men, but I was just like, never satisfied, never like, okay, this doesn't feel right. So 
when I finally told my son and I was like, you know, mommy's dating someone and it's a female and he was like, mommy, I don't care who you date as long as they love you and treat you right. Mm. So for me, I knew I did, I'm doing my job as a mother by living in my truth. And it was a very liberating experience for me. It was for me going from, you know, being heterosexual my whole life and then, you know, coming out and just getting into the LGBT community and that whole lifestyle and world, it was like a whole learning experience for me. Mm. But to me, it really doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, but it doesn't matter. It's all about just having healthy relationships with everyone in your life. That part. That's the part. That's the part. And, 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 okay. Let me see you see your point and raise your point. Whatever you are, gay, straight, bi, trans, queer, whatever you are, now that we know whatever your sexuality is, the reality also is that you still have to be a good person. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what it boils down to. It's, it, you know, and when people say, you know, do you want to get remarried? You've been married twice, you know. I said, at this point in time, I don't know if I want to get married, but I just want a healthy relationship. Yes. And it, it's it's just about just being in a healthy relationship and knowing who you are and who your partner is. You know, I've been with my girlfriend. I call her my wife because that's what I refer her to. Um, going on, it'll be three years in April. And it's really just about learning each other and being truthful with each other and just saying, okay, this is what I like. This is what I don't like because, you know, I'm 43. She's 40. I'm, I'm grown. I'm a grown ass woman. So I know what I like and habits I don't like and things like that. But it's about being comfortable with having a partner that you can just be yourself with and yes. just be honest about it. We don't have time anymore. Like, yeah. I, I just don't have the energy. No, I love that. I tell people all the time, um, your sexuality does not make you virtuous. And, and being yes. open about your sexuality doesn't make you honorable. Virtues is about yes. character. It's not about who you're attracted to. And you can be whatever you're attracted to. You still have to do the hard work of making yourself a good person. And I think sometimes that we think that um, because the community has been marginalized, that they have ontological virtue. Doesn't exist. You got to do the hard work. And I love what you just said. You got to make sure that you're connecting to people who will treat you right. Um, so let me ask you this, because you seem to be different. You seem different to me. And I mean that as a compliment. I mean that as an accolade, as a celebration and a validation. Tell me some of the things about you that are very different than the woman that I met all those many, whatever, weeks or months ago. Wow, it was in July, so I've changed a lot. Um, I don't care anymore. Mm. And not saying like I don't care about life. I just don't care what people think. Mm. I, I don't care. Um, I'm not going to do something because people think I should do it. I'm going to do something because this is what Brandy wants to do. This is my life and I'm going to live it. So, And I really have been firm on setting boundaries. And just really sticking to them and not allowing certain things to transpire with my family, with my, you know, loved ones, with friends, within the professional world. It's something that I just have to take a step back and say, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to put myself in this position. And I'm just going to move on from it because it's not serving me. And that's one thing I really realized um, the last time we saw each other. I wanted to, I want to do things that serve my purpose. Mm. So after the last time we spoke, I took like the rest of the year off to really focus on what I wanted to do. And a lot of like, I, you know, had a magazine, Lux Curves magazine for eight years. I let it go. I didn't care because it wasn't serving my purpose anymore. Mm. Like I was like, I did it. I interviewed this celebrity. I did this, but I was like, there's more to me, there's more to our community, there's more to the world than just, okay, these are the top beauty trends. Who cares? When people are can't feed their family, when mothers are having a hard time functioning in this world, when fathers are having a hard time functioning, we, you know, now it's like smuggling eggs in from Mexico. Like people are really just trying to survive. And I just feel like I want to do more with my life that's that has meaning and it's purposeful. So everything I do now has to have meaning and be purposeful. And that's one thing that really hit home for me after um, the last time I was on your show. 
No, listen, I, I love that. And, and, and you just led you just led the conversation to where I was trying to take it, because in in what ways did being here and us talking facilitate some of the changes that you made? It just really a lot of the conversations we were having for me to dig back into uh, my healing and what I've gone through and realizing that a lot of the stuff that I have allowed is, you know, it's my responsibility. And a lot of the times when we go through trauma, we go through pain, we tend to blame that person who's wronged us, which they are, you know, we do need to blame them, but then we need to look at ourselves to say, I'm not going to stay here mentally. Mm. I'm not going to stay here. So, and that's in any aspect. So for me, I really did a lot of self-growth and really more healing after the last time I was on your show to really say, okay, what does Brandy want to do? And I really just got rid of a lot of people out in my life that wasn't serving me my purpose and really let go of a lot of projects that I felt like were not in line with who I am or who I am becoming to be at the time. No, I loved it. I loved it. I have to take this break. When we come back, Brandy, I'm going to, I want you to answer this question. Was there a moment that we had uh, that you remember that was really impactful or defining? Um, and if you can't remember the whole moment, it's fine. But I just want people to have a sense of, of, of what was it about being here and our conversation um, in particular, that sort of really struck you. I know what part of the conversation we had that struck me. Um, when, when we started talking, and I said it before, when you, when you started talking about your liberation, your whole spirit changed, and it taught me something. It taught me that when people are telling the truth about themselves, they're more beautiful, they're more honest, and they're more powerful. Don't play with me, y'all. <laughs> Let's take this break. <laughs> Let's take this break. When we come back, um, I'm going to get Brandy to answer that question. And uh, I got more, okay? We'll be right back right after this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to my sister, Brandy J. So, Brandy, um, I promised to ask you this question, and now I will. So was there a moment that we had that really stands out to you or part of the conversation that really sort of, you know, spoke to your spirit, who you are? Um, I would say there were two. One was when we were talking about my grandmother. Um, yes. That really hit home for me because it was the first time I really talked about her in such a long time. And it just really made me realize the woman she is and the woman she's helped me to become, which helped me, which helped motivate me to move the way I've been moving and helped me to grow. And then, you know, it was really important because she was just, you know, amazing woman to me and just outspoken and bold and didn't care and lived her life on her terms. And it really made me realize you're not living the, your life on your terms, Brandy. So what are you going to do about it? Mm. Look here, Brandy. Better be glad you're not here. I slap you with this card. That's how good that was. I'm telling you, sometimes the way forward is to go back, right? And I think the last time you were here, I was committed to connecting you to more of the beautiful parts of your story because so much of your story had been painful. But, but I knew that there was something in your story that would give you strength. And I remember that you, when, you, when we started talking about your grandmother, yeah, you, you really, it was one of those times when you did take on life and, and, and I could see you yeah. growing in the moment. Um, speaking of growing in the moment, I heard a little birdie told me that somebody is really owning her body and that somebody's going to the gym, right? And I heard that somebody's working with a therapist or a counselor. Come on now, what's going on? You're really owning it. <laughs> I mean, well, I've, I've always worked out off and on in my life because I, you know, played volleyball, I did basketball and all, you know, my younger years and had kids and worked out and all that. But I started, I was like, okay, beginning of the year, I don't set resolutions. I'm like, I don't do that. I set dreams. And I tell people that I don't do resolutions. I do dreams. You know, this is my dream to be this, to be healthy, to be all these things. So for me, it was like, okay, let me get back in the gym. Let me do what I got to do. And just really, for one, get this COVID weight off of me. Because, you know, we all gained some little COVID love weight, as I call it. And just really get back to me and really dive back into my, with my life coach. Because I've always had one. I got one in 2020 when the pandemic hit. But I was like really not 
to having my sessions like I should have been. And I was like, okay, it's time to get back to it because I just feel like I have been continuing to evolve as a grown ass woman. Hmm. And that to me is something so beautiful and so amazing. And I really just tell people like, I'm going to do and live the life I want to live. And I, I really don't care who likes it or who doesn't, because this is the next chapter in my life where Brandy's going to do what Brandy wants to do. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, let me ask you this question. And again, you know, folks aren't here to defend themselves, so I don't want you to go into details, but I'm going to ask you a general question. Have you been able to forgive uh, the people or a lot of the people who hurt you? Yeah. Um, okay, stop, 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 no, because it's perfect. More than talking about the forgiveness or, and more than talking about who you had to forgive, Tell me how you came to the place where you were able to do it. Because I don't want that burden anymore. Mm. And I don't want that person to have that power over me. And I don't want to not live my best life or be my best self because I couldn't heal. And, and or I don't want to heal or things like that. And I just to me, it baffles me when people continue to be the victim. Like mm. if, you know, and, and if it's like 10 years later, 20 years later, like, okay, I understand, but you can't do anything about the trauma that has happened to you. What are you mm. going to, are you going to live in it? Are you going to stay in it? Or are you going to evolve? And I've choose to evolve and not be that person where I'm going to just stay in it. And for me, it was something I really had to deal with. And, you know, I realized I really healed in, um, in 2023 and uh 2021 when i had to do something that a lot of people couldn't do and i had to i had to go and make funeral arrangements and do all these things for my abuser mm, yeah wow i mean that's that's next level that's next level everything forgiveness um it's next level compassion it's next level grace um, that you had to show in that, you know, it's, it's, it's so good to see you. And it's so good to, to see you in this moment and to be carrying yourself in the way that you are. Like I remember last time you were here, part of one of the things you were concerned about was going back to your old self and, and, and doing all of that. I don't sense any of that in you. I don't sense that fear in you at all. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just, let me just tell you from my heart to yours, it's just so rewarding to sit here and know that something that we did on this show, something that we tried to do, help you become the person that's sitting in front of me. And it just makes all of us so proud to do the work that we do. So we, we, we here at the Book of Sean want to thank you for allowing us to help you become this remarkable version of yourself. And I'm just, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm totally here for this. Let me ask you this real quick. Have you forgiven yourself for um, either believing that the past could have been different or forgiven yourself for uh, the notion uh, that somehow you could have done something you didn't even know how to do? I have forgiven myself. It, it took me a very long time to forgive myself. And there's times I do fall, I'm, I'm human. There's times I do fall back in, why did you let this happen? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you say this? Why didn't you? And I'm like, I, I think that's the perfectionist in me, or that's just me just being just who I am. But it's something that once I realize, okay, this has happened, this transpired. Okay. Yeah. Brandy, you couldn't handle it different, but there's nothing you can do about it. But what are you going to do moving forward? Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. So do your family and friends notice the new you? Have they noticed the changes? What do they say? I know my family's has because I don't deal with half of them anymore. <laughs> so they definitely noticed it, huh? Yeah. yeah. They know I don't have I don't have the energy and time. I set boundaries and I if you don't like how I feel or me explaining myself to you that it is what it is. Okay, and hold that's on, just hold on. Let, let me, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, but I'm running out of time. And I wanted to ask you this question. Do your children notice the transformation in you? My daughter still does because me and her don't have a good relationship because I set boundaries. 
And mm. my son, he's noticed, he's 12. He's like, mama is this more. He told me, like, mama, you just more crazy. Um, <laughs> than listen, listen. So, listen, listen. Some people, what they call, what they call crazy is, is really liberation. So how about that? Exactly. How about that? All right, so here at the show, one of the things we like to do is we like to play a little game called Here's What Doesn't Make no, I'm saying the wrong thing. We like to play a game called Which Would You Rather Have? That's the right game. Okay. I rushed to the end of the show. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do that right now, okay? I'm going to give you some options, right. and I want you to tell me uh, which would you rather have. All right. All right. All right. Here's the first one. Would you rather have an Academy Award or a Nobel Peace Prize? I know. Academy. Really? <laughs> Yeah. I'm so disappointed in that answer. I, you don't want to know about Peace Prize? Look, I know Brandy, and Brandy can act sometimes. So I'm like, <laughs> let me just give you my best work. I ain't going to lie to you. I love it. I love it. Okay, which would you rather have? Um, the house, or rather, let me put it this way the home of your dreams or a once in a lifetime adventure? Which would you rather have? Home, because I live in San Diego, and it's hell of expensive out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which would you rather have? Mind-blowing sex or life-changing intimacy? I already got both. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Which would you rather have? 30 million followers on social media or two best friends who travel with you for the rest of your life? Two best friends. Mm, that, that's interesting. All right, which would you rather have? A trip to Nigeria or a trip to South Africa? South Africa. Really? Have you ever been there? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful and you picked the right one. Which would you rather have? A trip to London or Paris? Ooh, Paris. Paris, yeah, okay. I could take Paris. I love London, no. All right, which would you rather have? To live the rest of your life in New York or Los Angeles? Ooh, San Diego. <laughs> that was not one of the options. Which would you rather have? To be mentored by Oprah Winfrey or Michelle Obama? Michelle. Really? Over Oprah? Mm -hmm. Okay, you got to tell me why. Really quick, why? I connect, I feel like I connect more with Michelle. She's a Capricorn like me. And yes, Oprah's amazing. And I have my own talk show, all these great things. But I feel like I can learn how to be, handle things with more grace and excellence when it comes to things, how, what I want to do and how I want to become. And I feel like Michelle, Michelle will be the right person. Okay. Which would you rather have lunch with Martin Luther King or lunch with Malcolm X? Malcolm X. Mm. Which would you rather have a vacation with all your family and friends around or time alone in complete peacefulness and personal satisfaction? Time alone. Cause I can't stand half my family. <laughs> which would you rather have? Now listen to this one. To be delivered, which means to be rescued from the situation, or to be healed, which means to be rescued from the consequences of the pain. To be healed. Mm. And is that where you are tonight? Are you closer to healing than you've uh, ever been? I'm very closer to healing than I've ever, I ever been. Yes. And it's, it's an amazing liberation feeling. And I love it and i was actually talking to a close friend today and i said when you're healed and you're able to be in your own silence that's mm. powerful and i said i enjoy times being by myself just sitting in my own silence or taking myself out to go get a drink i love my own company where years before i didn't because i wasn't healed but the woman i am today i, I love it i love who brandy is becoming and it just it just it makes me feel good about me and I can go ahead and help other women and people get to this point of just being happy within themselves. Yeah. Listen, I got to go. Thank you for being here. Thank you for growing. 
thank you for coming back. And thank you for all the great things that you're about to do. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much. No, it's, it's our pleasure. When we come back, I learned some things from Brandy that I want to share with you. Things from her being here tonight. And we're going to do that right after this. We'll be right back. Yes, welcome back, everybody. So um, I learned some things from that conversation. Let's do an aha moment. I, um, I'm always excited when people come back and they're able to exhibit the kind of growth and transformation that we saw tonight from Brandy. She's a very different person in, what are we, in January than she was in July. And that's not, that's not a lot of time, right? I mean, I don't know how many months is that. Was that six months, five months, seven months, whatever it is. That's not a lot of time. But you can totally become a new version of yourself and it doesn't often take as long as you might think. See, what she talked about a lot tonight, it was kind of the undercurrent of the conversation. We didn't directly talk about it, but underneath everything that we talked about, Brandy and I, was the notion of boundaries. Her ability to set them, her ability to honor them, her ability to enforce them on people who might not otherwise be inclined to respect her limits. See, I think that one of the ways we liberate ourselves is creating a zone of protection around ourselves where we treat those things about us and in our lives as if they are sacred, as if they are genuinely precious. And if you and I don't get to the place where we create a zone of safety, a zone of protection, a zone of honoring and respecting certain things about who we are and what we have and what we bring to the table, the rest of the world's not going to do it. People will barge into the middle of your life. They will, they will intrude into the middle of who you are and take whatever they want and as much as they want and not care anything about what it costs you to produce it, to keep it, to have it, to maintain it, or to get it back. Boundaries are important. It's not just how we pee people out. It's also how we make sure certain things don't get stolen and they remain in. Protect the things about you that you know to be sacred, precious, and honorable. And make other people have to honor the decision that you've made. Just like, you know, my guest tonight said, certain people won't like it, and they won't want to participate and go forward in the relationship. But you should much rather be willing to go alone for a season than to spend another day with someone who fundamentally does not respect you, your decisions, or who you are. The one thing you have to respect from, we have to demand from people rather is respect. Before you ask people to love you, make sure that they know how to respect you because love without respect is a very dangerous situation. You hear what I'm saying to you? It's like peanut butter without the jelly. It's like cereal without the milk. I had a friend of mine that used to eat cereal without milk. I never understood that. Love and respect, they go together. Because when you have one, it becomes a necessary condition for the possibility of the other. That's what I learned tonight. All right, let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. Play the bumper highlight. All right now, so you guys always send me amazing videos and I thank you for that. Let's take a look at this one right now. Hi, Dr. Sean, my name is Tammy Reese. I'm located in upstate New York. I'm in the public relations and media industry. I'm also a business owner. My question for you is how does one work with and handle new business relationships and partners after previously experiencing emotional trauma from previous ones? Thank you for the question. I would say this, I would sit down and create a list of all the things that you learned and all the things that the pain and the hurt taught you. Because there in that pain is wisdom. I always say wisdom is what you get when you don't get what you want. And you seem to have had experiences that didn't give you what you want. Subsequently, there's a lot of wisdom in there. Learn what you did wrong, how you didn't protect yourself or your business or your idea. And make sure going forward that you implement, that you employ those lessons. You structure things in a very different way. You approach things in a very different way. You choose people in a very different way. Whatever compelled you to choose those other people should not be the basis of the new decisions that you make with new partners. 
Whatever that was that allowed you to welcome them into your business or your life, get rid of that immediately because those things have not served you. See, the truth of the matter is the main way you move on to other new and important and maybe exciting and, and, and lucrative business partnerships is by letting go of the old ones. It's by acknowledging the fact that the people who hurt you are not the people who are in the room right now. Now, you always should protect yourself and be on guard, be vigilant. That's, the, that's, that's what we owe ourselves. But you don't want to blame new people for what old people did to you. You want to make sure that you have been able to sever your emotional ties with the pain and the trauma and the hurt and the setback that come out of your past. Lest you spend too many days circling and building monuments and mountains and altars to the very people that hurt you. Give yourself a chance to be liberated from that. Give yourself a chance to put all that in the past and to decide that I'm wiser, stronger, better, deeper, truer, and a more enlightened version of myself. Having gone through that, now you can trust yourself. Now you can trust yourself to know that you will make a different decision, a better one. And I believe that. I believe we don't go through hurt and heartbreak for nothing. We go through it so that we might become what we were always designed and destined to be. You cried, you've lost, you've fallen, and you probably lost a little money. But now that you're back up on your feet, standing up with your shoulders square and your head up, make sure that the rest of your life is about the rest of your life, about your future and not your past. Let it go. Learn it and then let it go. Because I don't want nobody traveling with me into my destiny who tried to break me in my past. Come on here. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with more Ask Dr. Sean right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Someone emailed me this question. I recently started seeing a woman who I want to get to know, but she has lupus. I don't want to be inconsiderate, but I am not in the right headspace to date someone who is dealing with a health issue. Would it be wrong of me to tell her that I can't continue to see her? Well, listen, it's, it's your right to date someone or to have a situation that's more to your liking. So I don't think right or wrong has anything to do with this. If you know that you're not in the right space to deal with what someone is bringing to the table, then it is probably an ethical decision because it would be far worse for you to be in her life, not really want to be there and become another burden that she has to bear. Now she not only has to carry lupus, she's got to carry your bad attitude and all the negative energy that you're spitting out because you wish you had someone who was healthy because you're not in the right headspace. Now, I know that sounded kind of shady, my tone right there, but it, it was meant to be a little shady because in as much as it is true that you should have the right to date who you want to date under the conditions that you want to date them, I need to remind you that as you walk away from this person because they have lupus, I need to remind you that it would be a good idea, it would behoove you to grow up because nobody that you meet is going to come to the table without an issue. It may not be lupus. It may be something else. And just to be clear, my friend, you bring issues to the table that other people have to deal with. What kind of karma and energy are you putting out into the world that you don't want to deal with somebody who has lupus because you're not in the right headspace. And one day all of us will be sick. None of us are going to be healthy forever. What kind of karma are you putting out there for rejecting someone who brings a complexity to the table when you are in your most complicated moment? Again, I'm not trying to convince you to do anything. I'm just trying to get you to grow and to think about this perhaps from a different perspective. Because everybody you endeavor to date is going to bring something to the table. An issue is coming. And if you're not in the right headspace to walk with someone as they go through sickness, then... I hope you're in the right headspace to deal with someone when they come with, I don't know, insecurity, bad credit, I don't know, whatever it is. How about you take this as an opportunity and as a sign and a lesson for you to understand that no matter what 
or who you happen to be loving, it will never be easy. Loving another person will be the hardest thing that you ever do in your life. And it will never, I say it again, it will never, for the third time, it will never be easy. So you may be thinking you're picking another situation. The truth of the matter is you're only picking another battle. But I wish you well. And I hope you find yourself healed and in the right headspace. But more than you, I hope the person who you're walking away from is completely healed and delivered. All right. Somebody sent me another video. Let's take a look at it. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Cherry Jones and I'm from Toronto, Canada. My question is, how do I leave a 20-year career in the healthcare field, working in the hospital and nursing homes and transition into a career I love doing? I currently run an online business, online boutique. I also run an aesthetics business out of a salon and I would love to take that full time. I also do YouTube, which is so great. So that's what I would love to do. And I would love to change from 20 years in healthcare into an online flourishing business. So I need your advice. Well, listen, um, thank you for the question. I suppose the good thing about doing YouTube and having online or digital businesses is that you can do them in off hours and you can do them in strange places. You don't have to necessarily be in an office and you don't necessarily have to, you know, be on in prime time because prime time is whenever you want it to be. People can access your content whenever they want to access it. You see, if I were you, what I would, what I would do is to let the numbers dictate the timing. I wouldn't follow my heart or my emotion because sometimes your heart will take you places that the rest of you will soon regret. Always allow reason and intellect and, the, and cognition to be in the conversation. And sometimes it's important for your mind and your heart to be in dialogue before you decide to make a decision. And what I'm saying is something very simple. What do the numbers dictate? If the numbers are dictating that you are ready because you have the volume, the, I don't know, the, the revenue, the interest, the likes, the followers, if they are suggesting that you are ready to go full throttle into this, then let the numbers be your guide. But if that's not where you are with the numbers, then maybe you should seriously consider having a hybrid reality where you continue to work in a field that you've been working in for a number of years and have obviously garnered a certain level of respect and accomplishment, while at the same time, you begin to lay down the tracks, the blueprint, and the path to pursue the thing that you want to do next. You see, sometimes, beloved, you don't really have to choose. Sometimes you can have it both ways. And as long as you allow the numbers to decide, the views, the likes, the revenue, whatever it is, and as you move your way closer, you do so responsibly so that you don't put yourself or the people who rely on you in jeopardy of falling victim to the whims and the whimsies and the sheer caprice of your wonderful heart. All right, let's do one more. All right, someone DM me this question. My parents recently separated after a 20-year marriage and it's taking a toll on me. And now my idea of love has changed. And I believe that every man hmm, I date will break my heart. How can I change my mindset so that I can find love? I'm going to get this to you quick because this is easy, all right? Number one, every man is not your father, okay? Every man is not going to do what your father did, so don't blame every man for what your father's already done. Number two, your parents sometimes can only be your parent and not your paradigm. You, you don't have to learn love from your parents, especially if they don't know what they're doing and they're not good at it. You can learn how to be in a relationship from other people who've done it well, okay? So what your parents couldn't do has nothing to do with what you're about to get done. Don't close yourself off because your parents obviously couldn't make this thing work. So now you're going to take yourself off the table to have a lasting love? Don't do that to yourself. And don't let other people put you in a position to convince you to do that to yourself. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Your parents are your parents. 
but they may not be your paradigm. The love you want is out there. But if you keep closing yourself off, that's going to be a whole other kind of journey. And what you're going to do, I'm about to get spiritual, is you're going to release a curse in your life. Because now your mama is divorced and doesn't have anybody. And now you don't have anybody because your mama is divorced. And where does it stop? I say you break the cycle. I say instead of being influenced by them, that you break the cycle they created. Love yourself and find someone who will love and respect you too. I know you're afraid, but feel the fear and do it anyway. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to do some here's what doesn't make sense. Welcome back, everybody. Let's do some here's what doesn't make sense. So they found some classified documents in the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. According to lawyers for the former Vice President, a small number of papers marked with secret markings or top secret markings uh, were found in the Pence's home in Indiana. So now, uh, Trump, Biden, and Pence have all been found to have papers that they shouldn't have. And clearly, these politicians like taking stuff, or somebody around them likes, you know, taking stuff. They're like the cousin who comes over your house, so you have to watch the entire time they're there because you know damn well. They're going to try to leave with something. <laughs> we all have that one family member you got to keep your eye on. And I think it's important to say that no rational thinking person believes that Mike Pence has any malice or did this with any maliciousness that he willfully or wantonly stole these papers. Nobody believes that about Mike Pence. I think Mike Pence has horrible policies. He's a terrible politician. He has no political courage at all. But I don't think he's an evil, nasty, salacious person. You know, Mike Pence has a certain integrity that comes across. So when Mike Pence has papers in his home, I have a different response to that than the president that he used to work for. I think the same thing about Joe Biden. I don't think anybody thinks that Joe Biden is so malicious that he's, you know, taking papers. I bet Joe Biden didn't even know the papers were there. Because you do know when you're president of the United States, you don't actually pack your own boxes. Y'all do know that, right? Other people pack your boxes, except, except when it comes to one president in particular. I don't agree with Pence's policies. But the truth of the matter is... I still think he's probably a decent human being, but not Donald Trump. Most of us know Donald Trump enough to know that he probably maliciously, wantonly, and with malice took those papers. And you know how I know? Because when Pence and Biden found out that they had papers, they willingly gave the papers back to the National Archive. Nobody had to make them. Nobody had to sue them. Nobody had to break in their home to get them. But when Donald Trump was found to have papers after the National Archive asked for the papers back for over a year, Donald Trump wouldn't give it back, said they were his. And they had to get a subpoena and raid his house to get the papers back. You follow what I'm saying? Let me tell you how you know who somebody is. You know who somebody is not when they're doing right. You know who somebody happens to be when you catch them doing wrong. How a person responds to their own personal failure tells you who they are. Because when I do wrong and I acknowledge the wrong and I attempt to immediately do what is right, that tells you I might have some character. But when I do wrong and try to tell you that I, there is no such thing as right or wrong, and these are mine, like a two-year-old, mine, 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 and then you got to break into my house to get back what I stole from you. Well, that tells you I'm not worth you know what. I'm just saying, we all make mistakes and we all do things that we're not proud of. But let me just say this clearly. How you handle the mistake tells me who you are. All right. Let's talk about Howard University. Howard University, did you hear, has been awarded a five-year, $90 million contract from the, the, the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. Yes. The grant will focus on and, and will develop, rather, a research center focused on military technology. 
Howard University is the first historically black college and university to receive a full military or defense department contract to develop anything. Shout out to Howard University. See, major white universities receive this all the time. They get contracts all the time, and they not only use those funds to develop whatever it is they've been contracted to do, they also use those funds to develop the life of the campus and the college or the university. And while in my heart, I have a particular affinity for Morehouse College, I do believe that Howard University is fully deserving of this since one third of the nation's black STEM professional hold degrees from HBCUs like Howard University. But if you think that this happened randomly because somebody, you know, just sort of thought about it and decided to do it, no. It only happened because Lloyd Austin is the Secretary of Defense for the United States of America and he also happens to be black. You see how those two things go together? Do you think that Donald Rumsfeld or some other Secretary of Defense for whoever ever thought about Howard University? No, they never even considered Howard University because that's not where their mind happens to be. You see, when you look at what's going on with Deion Sanders and all that's going on with Bethune-Cookman, HBCUs have a lot of issues, no doubt about it. Everything from mold in the dorms to not having locker rooms for teams. It's very true. But don't you ever forget that HBCUs almost always populated by black people. And black people in this country have never had access to wealth. And please understand that white people often don't send money to black colleges. Black people do. So the money that Howard University gets can, can't compare to the money that Harvard gets. I'm not saying we shouldn't hold black colleges and universities accountable. I'm simply saying we should have a little more compassion institutions that have been struggling to keep up and catch up for most of their lives. All right, what an amazing show. Randy J, transformation, growth, development, becoming a new creation. That's what I want for you. I want you to be a new creation. You don't have to be the person today that you were yesterday. You can grow beyond the facts. Lord have mercy. Y'all be good to each other. I'll see you real soon. I love you. Ha, ha, ha.